in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Hi, welcome to the Soulful Leader Podcast. This is Stephanie, and I'm here with Marin. And I'd like to talk a little bit about something that's been up for me a lot. (laughs) I'm a very strong, willful person. And um, it occurred to me many times that, you know, this is a part of myself. It's not all of me, but it's a part of myself that has, that I've created to be able to protect myself from when I don't feel safe. And I don't just mean safe in the way of physical, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Sometimes you just feel a little vulnerable. You feel a little scared to put yourself out there. And so one of the practices that I have is, is telling the universe what, you know, what I want. And what, what is being occurred to me is that I have this real negative view around procrastination. I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta get things done. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste energy. Your life is so precious. But at the same time, that can be coming from this adaptation of this willful forcing, figuring it out, this old adaptation that I have practiced most of my life. So when I look at sitting still, which by the way, is a very hard thing for me to do. And I know I've had many of my friends and clients who say, it's really hard just to sit still and do nothing. Mm. Like, I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I, I should be getting something done or I should be doing something else with my time. And, you know, we tend to label that as procrastination or I don't know, laziness. Being lazy, we call right. It. Yeah. Yeah. And and so just sharing with Marin and I, we, we were talking earlier, we'd like to talk a little bit about procrastination or is it process and presence? And so let's talk a little bit about this, Marin, of like, you know, what is procrastination and, you know, how could it be a good thing in that way? Well, I like what you said about, you know, being willful, a strong, willful person. And I think in our culture, when, when there are these labels, you know, I mean, like procrastination in our culture is labeled as a quote unquote bad thing. And there's volumes of books that are written around how to help you to not procrastinate, how to get you off the couch, how to, and there is a good reason for that, right? That that's something that it's not that it's it's a non-issue. It just is that I think it's become uh, a pendulum that swung way too far on the other side. And I think that what you were talking about earlier of it being a defense mechanism, a protection from this, like going inward, which also is interesting because it's kind of taboo in our culture too. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 
It's and maybe that's why procrastination has become such a a best selling book, you know, blogs and there's all this stuff about how can we keep ourselves so busy in our lives that we never have to look inside, we never have to be vulnerable, we never have to feel unsafe, mm-hmm. and or if we're sitting still, having all of that stuff that we've stuffed inside of ourselves start to come up. And we're like, oh, I don't like being still. It's really uncomfortable. My mind doesn't like it. Well, of course it doesn't. Right. (laughs) You know, because you have an untrained mind. We all do. We all do. And that's the whole process of sitting still and watching the mind rather than believing it or running off with it. It is a practice. And if we've never practiced something, of course, you're not going to be great at it. Why would we? And as you grow and evolve, we keep stepping out and stepping up. We're going to be in places we haven't been before. So instead of labeling it as procrastination or um, laziness or whatever we call it, you know, one of our teachers is is with Marin and I has been helping us work with presencing, like just being a witness, not naming anything, just witnessing what is. And allowing that to create space. I mean, this is another whole thing around taking capacity and space too, right? It's like, if we don't sit still and look inside, if we don't take our time to actually slow down and stop pushing and doing and, you know, all of the things in the outer world, there is no space. You haven't cleaned out the internal. So I think one of the conversations I think is important to have is, So what's the benefit? I mean, we know the benefit of staying busy is that we, we get to be successful. We get to be, you know, pat ourselves on the back for saying how much we've done in a day. We get to, you know, feel like, oh, I'm, I'm one of, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an achiever. I've I do things. I make things happen in the world. So. Well, and it also keeps us on high alert to not give energy to that, which is going to distract us. It's just, it also, you know, I have limited time, so I got to focus on this. It also gives us an adrenaline rush mm-hmm. and it gives us the dopamine and all the, the internal chemicals that we've talked about. There's a podcast we did, which I will link in the show notes around all the chemicals that we get. There's also, so those are kind of the benefits of staying busy and, and, and believing, which is being, be living, right? This, what I think of now as a lie of procrastination is a bad thing. But when we buy into that, we get all of these benefits from it. There's also a cost to it. So the cost of believing, be living, believing, the fact that procrastination, we shouldn't do it. it. It's a bad thing. It's, it's not process. What are you talking about, Stephanie? It's not, it's not a process. You're just procrastinating, right? <laughs> when we buy into that, the cost is our adrenals, mm-hmm. our health, our relationships, our essentially our relationship with ourself. Because like you said, it becomes a defense mechanism. And we don't get that opportunity to slow down and hear our own true voice, not the voice, the itty bitty shitty committee that is telling us all the things that society wants us to know, our own voice, the mm-hmm. only way we can hear the deep our, self, yeah. the deep self, the soul, 
The yeah. only way to hear that is to stop. And somebody on the outside world or you yourself might call that procrastination. And it's not. Mm -hmm. It's being I had present. A, I, I had a really interesting person share with me one time. He said, you know, a lot of times people think, you know, telling the universe what you want or asking, you know, just tell spirit, hey, I want this and it'll happen. He said, you know, it, a spirit in the universe is not a drive through Like, you know, I want two burgers and fries, please. It's not a spiritual drive through And yes, yes, we do need to ask for what we want. Absolutely. But we also need to create that space to also have the reflection back to us. And so if you don't have a place within yourself to rest and slow down and listen, you don't have a process with that, then you're probably going to call it procrastination because you got to get shit done, right? You got to get out there, make things happen. But if you're saying, hey, I don't know what the highest and best and truest ideal for me is. I, I kind of would like this. This would be an ideal. And I'm also open to having a conversation to what maybe spirit or the universe wants for me. Because if we have a belief that spirit or the universe, whatever name you want to call it, God, the divine, whatever name works for you, if we have a belief system that either that doesn't exist for us, there is no existential, you know, reason for being, then you probably won't ask and you probably won't slow down and you probably won't listen to be able to what the, the answer is. You probably don't have a process. Or if you believe that 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 higher power, that divine is not friendly or not kind or loving or available to you, you probably also won't take the time to sit in and listen. And so we have to change, like you were saying, that believing, that belief, so that we can be leaving and be living a different outcome. And we've got to shift it from what if there was such a loving presence that cares so much for and knows your reason for being, knows who you are, why you're here, your gifts, your strengths, your potentials. And they were totally there for you. They were totally present and loving for you. Then you'd want to have a conversation with him instead of just trying to control that presence and say, hey, I want this and the spiritual drive through. I want this and I want that. And then be really ticked off that you didn't get, you know, all the fixings on your burger or you got the well, somebody else's order or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, we, I love we set ourselves up. Let's use that example for a moment of like, so if I do think of, and there's this whole manifestation thing of like, if the universe loves me, then I will get, you know, a Rolls, Rolls Royce in my driveway tomorrow or whatever it is that I wanted to manifest. Right. And there's again, a ton of books and courses and this, and you know, the manifestation thing. And that is treating the universe like a spiritual drive through, Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I get it because that's how we're raised. We're raised in a culture that says, show me, prove it to me. So if the universe loves me, if God loves me, if this, if th it's an if then rule, then I if will then, get, then. right. Yeah. Then you will fix my, you know, my broken toe or you will provide X amount of money and, and then it doesn't happen. And then we get pissed off and, and we missed what you were talking about earlier of like, I think of it as a conversation of, I want to be in a conversation with a being that knows more than I do. And I call that the universe, spirit, God, whatever. So if I think of my drive-through, my spiritual drive-through as, 
and you and I were talking about this earlier, and I'm going to, I'm going to share this with the audience of like, if I think of it more of the person who's taking my order knows more about me in the spiritual drive through than I actually know about myself. So if I drive up and I was like two burgers and a fries, please. And they were like, well, you know, what's your, what is it that you want? Are you just trying to like grab some food and, and you're in a rush or did you want something healthy or did you like, what would it be like to be in a conversation with spirit, with that being that, that drive through of, mm-hmm. well, gosh, I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, how about I want something, what you, what else do you got? What else do you have back there besides burgers and fries? You know, <laughs> what? Well, maybe, maybe I do want something else. Maybe I, I, I thought I didn't want that, but maybe I do. And, hmm, you know, so now I'm, I'm delving more deeply. And that, when you were talking about process earlier, to me, that's not something that we're taught to do. We're not taught to explore what might be our options with spirit mm-hmm. for Talk ourselves for ourselves for ourselves and it's like you're supposed you to just know <laughs> yeah and then it, and then when we don't know we feel like we're a failure mm. and so we have this relationship with the unknown when we say oh it's scary yeah i had a conversation with a client today about the unknown and i and i was saying you know what's your relationship with the unknown or with darkness and she goes oh i've always been scared you know afraid of the dark I said, so what is it? So is it the dark you're afraid of? Or is it the belief that you have about the dark? Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, all things are born out of darkness. And dark is the totality of all color, actually. So it hold, darkness holds all possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, and so your belief, if you believe darkness is bad, you probably are going to focus your awareness on seeing that. And so, yeah, she goes, yeah, I believe that it, in, in the dark, it, you know, the boogeyman's going to come and get me or whatever, right? Like, I'm, it's scary because I'm going to be not safe. And I said, so, you know, how does your body respond to that? And then what are your behaviors? And what are your, you know, then, then your actions and your choices are totally, totally oriented from this scary, dark place. Instead of it, what I said, it's like, what if you were surprised and delighted? What if, I, if anything could happen in the darkness? Like, beautiful possibilities. So do we have a practice of just being in the unknown, in the unfamiliar? And so coming back to the spiritual drive-thru again, instead of going up and, and imagining yourself at a, at a drive-thru and ordering, yeah, this is what I want. I know what I want. If there was some space to say, you know, hey, I'd like to have two burgers and fries. But, you know, is there something that is even more profound for me to have? Please, what are my other options? Yeah, I love that. You know, and then and then the spirit on the other side could say, well, why is it that you want burgers and fries? Is it something that you've just been told you should have? Or is it something that you're longing for? And why are you longing? Like asking deeper questions. And I'm bringing all this up because if we are with this with ourselves, if we're so demanding and rigid and controlling and manipulating with what we think we should or shouldn't do, how are we in the outer world with other people? with our relationships. And so as leaders, whether you're a parent, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a manager, you know, whatever it is in a leadership role, 
if there's no space for a dialogue, for a conversation of a what if conversation, then there's no space for growth. There's no space for possibility and creativity and resourcefulness. Because I can tell you when two people come together and it's actually good that when you don't agree, but if you can disagree and also agree that there might be even something better that's calling to you and go there, it will transcend and include both of the people's needs that are coming together. But this is the road less traveled. And there needs to be a process for this. And it isn't procrastination not to automatically say yes or automatically say no or whatever. It's like, can you sit with the unknown? And in doing so, you're going to need to re, you know, redo the narrative of what the unknown is to you. So many people, so many people, you know, who are pregnant or wanting to find out the, the sex of their baby. And I'm, I'm not saying that's good, bad, right or wrong. And just like, wow. What are we believing about the surprise of the unknown? Like, you know, do we believe? I, I, I've talked to so many people and they're like, oh, I don't like surprises. Surprises are scary. Hmm. You know, I don't, I want to be prepared. Well, is it being prepared so you could figure everything out and never, you know, like, I don't understand that. I mean, I do and I don't. I do and I don't. Well, and I think that this is part of why we are doing things differently is in the past, it's actually worked to, to try and figure things out. And I think COVID really showed us that no matter how quote unquote prepared you are, something's going to come along and you, and now you're not, you're suddenly not, you know, you can have all the stuff that you know, that you've built, that you've done, that you've, and it can be wiped out in a moment. Right. And so true preparedness going forward looks different than it did five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. This is a great conversation right here, preparedness. I love what you're saying because it is, it is different. And we tend to think of preparedness as a physical preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, recently, we had a storm watch coming through. We were supposed to get a hurricane. And, and some areas did get effects of the hurricane. Now, where I live, we've had hurricanes and they've been pretty horrific in the last few years and have taken out a lot of life and limbs. And it's been it's been pretty rough. So when we got the call this time, yes, we're being prepared for another hurricane. People panicked. People panicked. It's all about going to the store and consume, buy all the groceries you can, stock up. Stock, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm seeing is like, can we go deeper than the preparedness and prepare ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually? That is the true resiliency. So when I was leading a yoga class the other day, we were talking about this. And I said, you know, there's a saying and it says, the saying goes like this. It says, believe in Allah and tie your camel. (laughs) So it's like, put your faith and trust in spirit, in And that there is a higher order to all things and prepare yourself by being still and listening, not Mm -hmm. reacting, not, not, you know, rebelling against it, not react, not pushing it away, but actually being with what is and paying attention and, you know, tie your camel means, you know, yeah, go get some canned goods and make sure you've got some water in the bathtub in case we lose, you know, the power to, to, to support water. 
you know, do what you need to do. But it doesn't mean you have to come from fear and anxiety and doubt and worry. Like those chemicals are so addictive and so detrimental to one's not only physical well-being, but mental, emotional in our relationships. So to be able to hold both, and that does take a process. And what's interesting is it's the same process. It's a process of presence that we were talking about with procrastination or the belief around if I'm still for a moment, I'm procrastinating. Yeah. And in order to deepen the conversation within yourself, which is going to allow you to get past the belief that procrastination is is somehow like, or that whatever the stillness is, is procrastination is a bad thing. It will also allow you more preparedness than any run to the store could ever give you. And that practice is presence. So one of the things that I started to do, I was perpetually late. I was always running late. And at one point, one of my spiritual coaches had said, if you're if you don't take time between in the transitions like if i'm going from one meeting to the next or if i'm going from working on my computer into doing a podcast whatever the transition is if i don't take time in between to actually gather myself and transition then i've got all of this bleed through that's coming through and I'm not actually able to be present in my next thing because I still have the, the the prior thing running. And I was like, oh, that's not true. And then I started to like be like, well, what if that is true and I'm just not aware of it? So then I decided I wanted to create a practice for myself of transitions. And that meant that I had to become <laughs> not just on time, but early. So I had to go from being somebody who was perpetually late to somebody who would get there early. And I did that because it meant something to me because it 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 I wanted a new identity, one that was going to empower me. And what I do when I get there early, I now get to just about everything that I do at least a minute or two early and sometimes a lot more and I do nothing. I sit in presence. I don't think about my upcoming meeting. I'm not outwardly prepping. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say. All of those, like what we think of preparedness, things that we do, I don't do them. I stop and I just am present for at least a minute. And if I can't, if I've only got 10 seconds, I do the 10 seconds. Whatever it is, I stop for a moment. It's like, you know, in um, in food, they have palate cleansers. In between meals, you have a palate. It's like a palate cleanser in mm -hmm. between each of my items through the day. And it is a practice that builds presence. And so when you're saying this, what I'm, I'm also imagining is making space, being present to the space, which is where the dialogue and the conversation happens with your deep self and with life. Yeah. And if you're not present, that's why we call it presence. If you're not creating a presence practice, you won't be present to all the signs and the wonders and the guidance and the beautiful delights that life wants to give to you. Right. You'll be thinking, shoot, 
the spiritual drive-through gave me onions on my burger, and I didn't want onions on my burger. Instead of realizing that there was this entire buffet that you could have chosen from, and instead you got onions on your burger. <laughs> and you say spirit obviously doesn't listen to me and spirit abandoned my needs. And, mm. and we put all of these different aspects mm. out on it. And that's what we do to people too. Instead of saying, wait a minute, did I, was it, did I make the space to even have a relationship here with this so that we could dance together in this and, and, and cultivate and create and collaborate a whole new way of being present. And that. That simple practice is part of the reason that I've, I, I created that practice for myself was so that it wasn't, I, I have a spiritual practice that I do every morning and I have some that I do every night. And I wanted something that was consistent through my day that brought me back to the ground of being, to that deep moment in self, to presence. <clears throat> and so that gives me that throughout the day, just moments of like, oh yeah, I'm more than just this bodysuit. You know, I'm a divine being in this, embodying this, in, in, you know, inhabiting Jean Houston. What did she say? A divine being inhabiting uh, this uh, bodysuit for, for a moment or something along those lines. <laughs> Didn't do it justice. Sorry, Jean. Um, <clears throat> but that practice, it also develops the unknown that you were talking about of that fear of the unknown. If we take moments through the day to start to, in small chunks, expose ourselves to, I don't know, the complete unknown, letting the mind be quiet for a moment, letting the body be quiet for a moment, it starts to build a resonance. And now you know, sitting and meditating for five minutes in the morning might not be a bad thing anymore, might not be so hard because we're developing that relationship with ourself, with our own deep self, with the unknown, with spirit, mm -hmm. you know? And challenge, challenge that belief of what you're telling yourself about the unknown. Challenge mm -hmm. the, like, really look and say, well, what makes me believe that? Like, how long have I been believing that? And how is that serving me? Or is it serving me? Probably not. You know, what if you let go of that belief that the unknown or surprise or any of those things were like the darkness were scary? What if there was that? What if that wasn't even true? Yeah, I love that. So thanks for joining us. You have lots of things to think about and ponder for this week. We would love to hear your comments either on our LinkedIn page or our Facebook page. You can find that at The Soulful Leaders. And remember that you can always watch our little talking heads on our YouTube channel, also at The Soulful Leaders. We'll see you all next week on The Soulful Leader Podcast. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.